ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा हेलो एवरीबॉडी आई बीन टॉकिंग अबाउट द भगवत गीता एंड आई हैड सेवरल प्रीलिमिनरी discussions on points behind the gita but now i'd be- like to begin by reading the first stanza king dhritarashtra the blind or undiscerning mind posed this question to sanjaya introspection now there's a very interesting point here i said um in another talk in this series that dhritarashtra was blind because he represents the mind which as i said was centered at the top of the head and doesn't discriminate and doesn't discern and so it he asks discrimination sanjaya introspection what what went on and the next question he's asking is the key to the entire bhagavad gita on the battlefield of kurukshetra and of dharmic confrontation dharma dharmakshetra dharma means right action my sons the kurus or kauravas or adharmic unspiritual tendencies and qualities and those of pandu the pandavas or spiritually elevating aspects of human nature stand ranged against one another eager for battle what was the outcome of their struggle now this is the key to the whole gita the whole gita is not talking about and the mahabharata is not talking about the gita being a part of the mahabharata not talking about what will happen or what did happen uh, i'm sorry what is happening if if he if he had been seeing the battle as it was happening he should have said what are they doing but he said what did they you see introspection comes in at the end of an action you can't while the struggles going on you don't have time to think in terms of whether i'm right or wrong you're faced by the temptation to do something your past conditioning will decide you i will do this or i won't do that but during the actual struggle it's awfully hard to know which is right or wrong you just sort of go according to what you think is the best afterwards you sit back and say well today which side won this is a a, a point that you should reach at the end of every day Every day is a struggle between right and wrong, between good and bad, between uplifting and debasing tendencies in human nature. And before you go to sleep, meditate and then ask yourself this question. Ask your own introspection this question. Which side won? It's the key to the whole Gita. It's a reflective book looking into the past and saying, how have I improved how am i going to improve what shall i do tomorrow to improve myself i remember many years ago i wanted to overcome smoking i was 21 years old and it was a struggle that began when i had decided that i wanted to become a hermit and i thought well if i'm a hermit how am i going to buy cigarettes and who ever heard of a hermit who smokes and so i decided i had to give it up Well it was like Mark Twain who 
found that smoking was the easiest habit in the world to give up. He said, I've done it a thousand times. And so I would give it up in the morning, but then with my coffee at, after lunch, it, would, it was such a nice thing to have that taste of cigarette with the coffee, and I'd go back to it. And I rose and fell and rose and fell. But the point is, and this is a very important point for each one of you to remember, I didn't say, every time I failed, I didn't say, oh, I failed again. That would have been an affirmation of failure, wouldn't it? And this is what many people do when they sin. Oh, I've sinned, I'm evil, I'm no good. You drive yourself down when you talk like that. What I said then, and it was a very important lesson that I learned in the saying, I said, I haven't yet succeeded. So that every time I went back to smoking, it became an affirmation of success. And it took me a year. But I remember I was living with four other men in an apartment in South Charleston, South Carolina. And I said to one of them, well, now I'm giving up smoking. Oh, I've heard that one before, he said. No, I was very serious. I knew what I was talking about. And I went to bed with that affirmation. It was a very strong affirmation based on all the strength that I had built up and all these failures which I had treated as potential successes yet not arrived at yet. You know, when a person's um, drawing, making a painting and he puts a line wrong on the canvas, he doesn't break his brush and stamp on the floor and get all of hysterical about it. He just says, well, that was wrong. I'll do it right. When you make mistakes, when you sin, when you do anything, just say, well, I haven't got it quite right yet, but I will. Yogananda used to say, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. And here in the Bhagavad Gita, it says, look back and see which side won, and then go to sleep with that thought. I went to sleep with that affirmation. When you go to sleep with an affirmation, it carries it into the subconscious. And when I woke up in the morning, I had no slight desire for smoking. I had a half-empty packet I carried around in my pocket and gave it out to my friends. Never since that moment have I had the slightest desire for a cigarette. I admit that one time, two months later, I dreamed that I smoked, but uh, it was only a dream. And I didn't feel badly. I just said, no, I won't do it. So don't, don't feel badly if you make mistakes. Just say, I'm trying, I will. But the Gita says, look back and see which side won. You must understand that there is this battle going on in yourself all the time between the creative, constructive process and the destructive and the downward pulling process. And every time you say an unkind word, don't do so. So many people I've heard them when they say something unkind about something, <laughs> as if trying to laugh away. Every time you hear that kind of giggle from somebody, know that they're trying to hide something. When you make a mistake, admit it honestly to yourself. You don't have to admit it to other people because they may hold it against you and bring it out just the, when they're angry with you. But to yourself, be absolutely ruthless in your truthfulness. Say that, yes, you made a mistake, but say, that's not me. If you say, I didn't make a mistake, you'll never get out of it. But if you admit it, frankly, this is why when Jesus met the woman of Samaria, do you remember that story? It's in the New Testament. And uh, he's at the well, and she's asking, 
um, uh, she's talking to him and he says, um, those who, how does it go now? He who would uh, drinks of this well will, will thirst again, but he who drinks of the water I will give him will have eternal life. And she's somehow impressed with his vibrations. Yogananda said that she was a fallen disciple of another lifetime, and he had purposely come through Samaria to meet her. And when he, he said to her, uh, she said she wanted to learn from him. She said, go, he said to her, go call your husband. And she said, I have no husband. He was pleased with that answer. He said, you have had several husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. But it wasn't to bring out this evil in her. It was to bring out her truthfulness. When he saw that she was completely truthful, then he saw that she was fit to be taught and to be brought to salvation. So the first thing is, what did they? Be absolutely honest with yourself. Don't bury your mistakes under the carpet. Don't sort of think, well, I hope God didn't see that. He saw it. He did it through you. This whole universe is his dream. But if you will honestly face your faults and say, no, I will fight that. I don't, I'm not that. You will find that you can be free. Even the worst of sinners, Yogananda said, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. And in the Bhagavad Gita, it says, even the worst of sinners quickly finds me if he meditates steadfastly. Joy to you.